Charlie Wright is an investment advisor representative with PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. PartnerVest and our guests are unaffiliated companies. No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security. Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio here on octalkradio.net. I'm Charlie Wright. Today is May 22nd, 2015, and we're very pleased you joined us. And we're happy to have with us Craig Fagan of Triton Pacific Investment Corporation. He talks to us from their headquarters in Los Angeles. Craig, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you for having me. So, Craig, let's begin with uh, your, some of your background and tell us about Triton Pacific Capital, Tri- Triton Pacific's background and experience here. Sure, be happy to. Um, just without delving into too much detail, I started out on the consulting front. I worked for a big four accounting firm for a number of years as a uh, consultant and advisor. From there, I did six years of investment banking, and that takes us to kind of the 1999-2000 time frame, so everybody might recall the, uh, the dot-com bubble. And at that point, what I saw was a trend, and that was good, solid, entrepreneurial American businesses, basic businesses, privately held, were largely ignored by the investor community. So I saw a real opportunity to work with those companies and to create a firm that would help work with them to grow those companies to the next level. And that really gave birth to uh, our private equity firm that started in 2001, almost 15 years ago, Triton Pacific Capital Partners. And our focus from day one has been and continues to be today to invest in and work with entrepreneurial, privately held, profitable companies and help them grow to that next level. I see. So, so now for our listeners here, private equity is not typically the kind of investments people have in their 401k and that retirees have, etc. So briefly describe for our listeners what private equity is, especially the type that you get involved in. Sure. Um, it, there's really, a, Charlie, a couple ways to think about it. I'd say in its simplest form, it's really about investing. What a private equity firm is, it invests in privately held businesses where each investment that we make has a very defined plan for increasing its value. So it's not like a mutual fund in public companies where you're trying to invest in 50 or 100 companies. You're taking a smaller pool of companies that over time you're investing in, and you're working with those companies to help create value. Due to how private equity has performed over the years as, a, as an asset class, it's really been considered uh, considered to be a core part of asset allocation for large institutional investors for decades now, very much like real estate and publicly traded stocks and bonds are. Okay, so so you go into a company that is not publicly held, it's a private company, and you, uh, in essence, uh, you don't loan. You, you may loan the money, or you may you, you give the money and become part owner. Is that what you do? Uh, so we don't loan it. Uh, we're much more on the equity side. So let me, if I could, give you a, a brief example. Um, one of our current portfolio companies, one of the companies we invested in, it's called Dick's Last Resort. Uh, you may be familiar with it. It's a restaurant company. 
it was a Dallas-based company. They had five locations. They did very well. They made, you know, several million dollars a year. The the owner was a uh, serial entrepreneur. He wasn't a restaurant expert, and he didn't really know what to do with it. And we were looking for a good restaurant platform to grow. We partnered up with a really strong CEO who would spent his whole career running and building restaurant companies. And after doing our diligence, we found Dix was a really interesting asset for us. So we acquired it, 100% of it. We acquired it with our with our CEO with the CEO who also invested in the deal, and that was five years ago. And since then, we've more than tripled the size of the company. We have uh, 18 stores, and we're currently now that we've met our investment objectives. Actually, we've hired a banker, an investment banker, to help us uh, sell the company at this point. So that's kind of a real world example of of a, the types of companies that we might invest in as a private equity firm. I see. So these could be firms that are kind of in trouble, or they could be firms that have grown to the maximum capacity of current ownership or management, and you're looking for ways to come in, acquire the company to some degree, and work with them with improved management and expand it, and then you have an exit strategy either going public or selling it to someone else. Is that basically it? That's that's exactly right. We we tend at our firm to stay away from companies that are in trouble. There are some firms that specialize in that. We tend to focus on good, successful firms, good, successful companies that, for whatever reason, just haven't been able to capitalize on all all of their growth opportunities. And so Triton Pacific, tell us now about how many positions or companies will you have partial uh, ownership of at any given time? Currently in our portfolio, we have four um, private placement or Reg D funds that we manage. Currently in the portfolio, we have about 17 portfolio companies. As I mentioned, it's large enough to be diversified, but it's a different approach from a more passive approach like a a, a mutual fund might have in the publicly traded market. So it has to be large enough to be diversified, but small enough where we can really focus our efforts as a firm and add value to help grow the companies and ultimately create a lot of value for our investors. Okay. Now, private equity, uh, Craig, is known as being high risk because obviously you could buy some goose eggs that just, you know, are dry well. Did you have some kind of a, a track record that you can talk to us about to help us feel comfortable about that with you and or uh, other private equity uh, entrepreneurs here? Yeah, Charlie, it's, it's interesting that there's, um, I think there is a general perception that private equity is risky. And I guess I would suggest that from an investment standpoint, you know, investing in any form of equity is, is risky. Investing in the public equity markets certainly is, you know, is risky, right? It has its risks as well. So when you think about private equity, there's, there's a mystique as though it almost, it's like we're operating like a hedge fund, but we're really not. Or again, we're investing in privately held entrepreneurial American companies. So when you have the, the public markets, a publicly traded stock market, they're investing in, in companies that they've listed on an exchange. We happen to be investing in companies maybe similar to what you see in the public markets, but they're not on an exchange. And that allows us to take a little different approach to managing them. So from a risk standpoint, you know, as an industry, and private equity, again, has become a very large industry um, from an investment standpoint for institutional investors. For decades now, it's been a very large area that they allocate to hundreds of billions of dollars a year. As an industry, it's generated returns that are well above the publicly traded markets. It is known to have less uh, less risk in an investor's portfolio overall because of its lower correlation to the public markets, meaning it doesn't have the same level of volatility. So 
I guess it's really a function of how you define risk. A lot of people think about uh, the 1980s, the leverage buyout days, um, the crazy days when people were buying companies and putting a tremendous amount of leverage, and that did take place in the 80s. But the industry's really evolved to a much more conservative approach to leveraging. And I would, uh, from my standpoint, you know, when I think about the risks of private equity, I really don't think about it materially differently than I do the publicly traded markets. Okay, now, would it be fair to say that private equity, Craig, is driven more by the economy and less by the markets than public uh, public companies are? Uh, that, that's a great point, and I do think that is the case. You know, the, the, the public markets, which are fantastic because you can access so many investments at once, all of those are still operating companies, and they're subject to what takes place in the broader general economy. But they're also subject to capital flows, pension funds, insurance companies, index funds, mutual funds, they have specified needs where they have to go and deploy capital. And that creates volatility in the broader market as a whole. So as a private equity firm, since our stock isn't traded on a day-to-day basis, we're not subject to the vagaries of the public markets. But having said that, they are real businesses. They're light manufacturing, consumer products, restaurants, healthcare service companies, et cetera. To the extent that there's changes in the economy, into the broader economy, we are also uh, subject to those to those uh, tailwinds or headwinds. Okay. Well, thank you, uh, Craig, very much. We need to take a short break here. We're talking with Craig Fagan of Triton Pacific Investment Corporation out of Los Angeles. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, and we'll be right back. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. All right, let's head back to Charlie and his interview on a very interesting topic here today. Thank you, Paul. We're talking with Craig Fagan of Triton Pacific Investment Corporation out of Los Angeles. Craig, we're talking about uh, private equity investing. So, Craig, I I think a lot of people uh, increased their knowledge of private equity investing investing during the 2012 presidential campaign when so much light was focused on Mitt Romney and uh, Bain Capital, and it showed that he made hundreds of millions of dollars uh, and and all of the uh, various uh, large institutions that he made a lot of money for. And I would uh, think that that has created a lot of uh, positive opportunity for private equity firms. Have you found that? It has. Unfortunately, it has until recently, it hasn't been available to individual investors. There's been some structural reasons for that. But, you know, it certainly has put the limelight on private equity. And I think shown a lot of investors, individual investors and institutional investors, that this is an asset class that, you know, has and will continue to do well. So tell us, Craig, how can individual investors benefit from private equity investing how 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 is this structured for their participation 
Well, you know, as I mentioned, Charlie, historically, um, it really hasn't been accessible to individual investors, and there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, it, it, from a regulatory standpoint, private equity funds really needed to raise money from what they call qualified investors, investors that were either institutional investors or ultra-high net worth individuals. Minimum investments into private equity funds are almost always seven figures, so a million dollars is not uncommon to see a minimum as, as, as much as five million or even ten million dollars for that matter. So that was one of the issues. The other issue was private equity funds didn't take in all the money from the outset. They would do what's called capital calls. They'd go to investors who made commitments and call in their capital. So again, because of both of those restrictions, it really hasn't been something from a practical standpoint that's been available to individual investors. At our firm, we, like a traditional private equity firm, had our Reg D funds, had the types of funds I just mentioned. But a couple of years ago, we came across a structure, something that I think you're familiar with, a business development company, which is something that was enacted by Congress back in 1980 and really allows individual investors to participate in a very efficient manner into investing into private companies, whether it's the debt or equity of those companies. So we recently launched the first private equity fund structured as a BDC, and this really allows investors to invest in our fund, get access to core private equity, generate some some distribution yield along the way for an investment as little as $5,000. Okay, now BDCs are publicly traded companies, and and they exist in perpetuity. So uh, if you've been working with Reg D kinds of uh, structures, uh, they typically have have exit strategies, end dates, etc. And so, uh, how does the investor benefit from the BDC from the value of the BDC as it rises and falls? The BDC uh, marketplace. There's, it really breaks into two. There's just traded BDCs and non-traded. So we're a non-traded BDC, but to your point, we are a public company. So we file 10Ks, 10Qs with the SEC. The majority of our board is independent. So you get all the benefits and protections that a public company offers to the individual investor, but it is structured in a way that's actually not listed on an exchange. So from an exit standpoint, it works a lot. It does work a lot like our private equity funds. We structured it where five to seven years after the closing of the fund that we really look to go and to liquidate out the portfolio just the way a traditional private equity fund does. So it is a long-term investment. It's not a short-term investment, but there is, there is a path to exit, which is we buy the companies, we build them, we sell them, and then we return both the profits, the capital gains to investors, along with their principal back. I see. So then you basically close down that particular BDC, and then maybe you open another one like you did with the Regulation D products. That's exactly right. I see. So that that, that is unique. I have not heard of that before. Are you the first to do that? We are. Uh, we're the first to uh, utilize the BDC structure to offer a private equity fund to individual investors. So we're excited about it. Our firm from the outset has all has been about democratizing private equity, allowing individual investors to access what historically only institutional investors have had access to for decades now. Okay, and so they buy the, the shares in the BDC, but though they're non-traded, and so the value of those shares doesn't fluctuate, correct? It, it, all BDCs, um, we report net, net asset value, so we're required uh, by the SEC in our filings to actually list from a transparency standpoint what the net asset value per share is. So the objective there, of course, is to grow that net asset value per share over time, and then as the companies are sold, investors reap the benefits. 
Along the way, there are, there are distributions. We actually have a monthly distribution yield. Um, our target is 4% per annum a, on a monthly basis. So it's really a bit of a hybrid structure where it's got both debt and equity into privately held companies to allow investors to, what we like to say, to get paid to wait. Right. Now, most BDCs are focused on the dividend that they pay out. And they are tax, the tax structure of the BDC encourages the payout of the dividend similarly as it does with REITs. But that apparently is not the case with your BDC. You appear to be more equity focused and less dividend focused. That's exactly right, Charlie. All the other BDCs that I'm aware of out there are income focused. They're, fo- they're invested almost entirely in debt of privately held companies. We took a hybrid approach, again, with that focus on core private equity to generate what we call the alpha, the the capital gain potential within the BDC, while at the same time keeping a portion of it invested into income-producing assets to allow us to maintain that distribution yield on a monthly basis. Okay, well, our congratulations for to you for doing something uh, unique here. We don't typically find a lot of unique things in the world of finances, but uh, you guys are taking the BDC structure, combining it with private equity, and uh, it certainly send, seems to make sense. So tell us a question we'd like to ask here, uh, Craig, is uh, what keeps you awake at night in terms of this uh, new structure and these new opportunities? You know, I guess coming, it seems like a distant past, but it's really not that distant. We all went through a pretty severe downturn from 2008 to 2011. So I guess in, in my mind, it created a little bit of trauma. So uh, we have a robust economy. From a private equity manager standpoint, we always have to think about both the upside and the downside. So what keeps me, you know, me up at night is thinking about when we do ultimately go into a, you know, recession within our economy, how will we go and manage, best manage our portfolio through that downturn? So it's inevitable, no matter what type of assets you're investing in, whether it's real estate, the stock market, or private equity, that you can't, in my, in my opinion, you can't just invest for only on a bullet bull, a bull market economy, you need to really be prepared and think through and have your plan B in mind if things soften up on the economy. Yeah, no question about that. Now, given your change here in structure, Craig, uh, is it, it does not have a track record. Is there a track record, one, for the industry of private equity, and two, for the specific uh, projects of Triton Pacific? Uh, there, there is. So, from an industry standpoint, um, there's a group called Cambridge Associates that puts together a composite of private equity returns. And when you really match those against the S&P 500, and you look at how it's done over a 5, 10, 15, 20, even 25-year period, each of those benchmarks, what you'll find is that private equity has outperformed the public markets in each and every one of those time periods. It's also done so with a very low correlation to the public market. So on uh, average over a 20-year period, private equity has outperformed the public markets by more than 3.5% a year. So it, it, it's impressive. Um, it doesn't have the same liquidity, and that's why it's important for investors to realize this should be a small percentage of their portfolio and should be there to diversify their portfolio. Our firm's track record through the multiple funds, they vary by fund, but they are in line with overall industry-level returns. Okay, well, that's that's great to hear. Uh, Craig, uh, number two, the second question we'd like to ask uh, our, our guests here is, what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? You know, I've got a lot of management books, a lot of books on, you know, economic theories, and what I actually find most useful, ironically, is 
Warren Buffett's annual letter to shareholders. Really? Um, why, why is he's that? A private equity guy in me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, uh, Warren Buffett doesn't have anything to sell. He doesn't need to sell anybody. Right. And he's uh, certainly known as one of the most brilliant investors of our time. He doesn't capitalize on a particular trading trend or commodity price trend or even asset class trend. He looks at the broader economy, and he, uh, I think, makes very objective and very insightful uh, comments in his annual letter that you can pull up online about what's going on, what has happened in the last year, what his predictions are for the next year, his views on certain industries and, and kind of economic drivers. And I think it's um, really insightful for any investor to look at that and get, you know, somebody who isn't telling you telling you any information because they're trying to sell you anything, but really giving you their their perspective from one of the you know the best uh, performing investors in the world. You know, Craig, that is very insightful. We really appreciate that. Of all the times we've asked that question, nobody has brought that up before, and uh, that is an excellent idea. And how, how does somebody get a hold of that? Is is that if we just uh, Google that, are we going to find it that way? You will. It, it's all up on the. Uh, it's all available on the internet. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much. So, Craig, how can people get a hold of you guys with questions or to seek more information here? You can go to our website. Our uh, BDC's website is www.tritonpacificbdc.com. That's T-R-I-T-O-N PacificBDC.com. And there's a fair amount of information on our private equity fund, which is structured as a BDC. And that's a good way to get uh, a starting point to get some information. And, of course, talking to advisors like yourself that we've been working with for quite some time now as part of an investor's overall asset allocation strategy. Okay. And so the BDC is available now? That is correct. And well, what's the ticker? Well, again, it doesn't trade on an exchange, but it's available, again, for advisors like yourself. And it's done on a subscription basis, very much like a lot of the the, re, the non-traded REITs that are out there. I see. Okay. Well, uh, very, very interesting, Craig. We really appreciate being able to talk to you today. What final word do you have for our listeners about Triton Pacific and about the particular, uh, about private equity investing and about the BDC that you guys have launched here? It's less about Triton Pacific. I'm more excited, and why we at our firm are doing what we're doing is, again, I, I use that word democratization of private equity. Again, if you really look at all the statistics out there, institutional investors have had access to this for decades. Yale's endowment has its largest investment asset class as private equity, bigger than real estate, bigger than the stock market. They invest about a third or allocate about a third of their capital to private equity. And it's about time that for that individual investors have access to it to help build a really balanced, diversified portfolio. So I would encourage all investors to at least look into it and see if it's a good fit for them as part of their over, overall portfolio diversification. Okay, those are excellent words, and we really appreciate it. So, Craig, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure, very enlightening, and we heard some very different and important things here. So we've been talking with Craig Fagan of Triton Pacific Investment Corporation out of Los Angeles. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we wish you happy and productive investing. You've been listening to The Strategic Investor, your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science.
Leslie Wright is an investment advisor representative with PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. PartnerVest and our guests are unaffiliated companies. No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security.